Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people, your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. This is Marin Costello Radio. Ladies and gents, we have the most amazing guest on the show today. Daniel Rushton is the CEO and creator of Wherewithal, a women's intimate apparel company that is redefining bras and bra sizing for women in the 21st century. Her patented bra design allows women to personalize their bra size at any moment while making Wherewithal the most size-inclusive bra company to date and only with less than two years in the market. She's a self-taught designer, a mental health advocate, and is passionate about connecting with women through foundational wardrobe pieces that allow them the confidence and all-day support that they need to create the lives they want to live. I love you so much. Thank you for being here on the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I was just saying before this that being able to collaborate with women who are doing incredible things is when my worlds explode, but that's what I built this brand for is women like you who are creating the life you want to live. And, you know, the last thing we need to worry about is our bra or underwear being uncomfortable. So it is an honor (laughs) to be here. And I've, I've have all my pieces on that. I always wear all my Marin Costello jewelry. So, um, it's just the best. You look fabulous in them. And might I say that your underwear is my favorite, like my yes. absolute favorite. I'm so oh excited gosh. to get more of them. Yes, we have bundles, three, it's three for 40. So basically buy two, get one free, but yeah, stock up on those. They're the best. I love it. So you and I initially met at my chiropractic office. You were doing a pop-up. You had a temporary pop-up within my chiropractic office and you and I met and we hit it off. Then we did um, a Galentine's Day event together and our paths have just crossed so many times, but we know each other, you know, from not too long ago. So I'm Mm -hmm. actually really excited to get to know the Danielle before the Danielle that I met you know, a couple, couple months ago only. So one of the questions we'd love to ask on the show is what was little Danielle like? Oh, wait, I had a little picture. Oh, come on. (laughs) But I, I, so in, um, efforts of just mental health and healing, you know, my own being in essence, I do a lot of inner child healing and, Little Danielle was just a happy little girl who, you know, I was always very athletic growing up and it was actually in fourth grade when peak tomboy phase um, that I was told I had to start wearing a bra. And so that kind of set me on this path of letting other people tell me what to do, who to be, and just, you know, trying to fit in wherever I wouldn't get yelled at. (laughs) And so, um, looking back now, it's really interesting to see how it all correlates together and has manifested into this brand of taking your power back. But um, little Danielle, yeah, she wanted to be an artist. And I was told in second grade, I have this book, Danielle Through the Ages. I would always, it it would ask you what you wanted to be, doctor, vet, astronaut, all these things. 
And of course I checked other artists and I did that up until second grade. And I remember somebody told me, you know, what, what I was seven. <laughs> somebody told me that I couldn't be an artist because um, you can't make money being an artist. So I said, okay, well, I'll work my way up at my job. And I lived my life believing I didn't have, you know, any passions. All, all my friends wanted to be dentists or accountants. And I went to school thinking, you know, I'll just be good at my job and work really hard. And um, it's so interesting how that also kind of ties into when I told the world I wanted to be something, they told me I couldn't. And then just a few years later, I was told now wear this and, <laughs> and stay in your place and do what we're telling you to do. And so I think those things back to back along with, you know, being dismissed or silenced growing up in certain spaces, I'm a very sensitive person. And so I absorb a lot of energies and um, sensitivities to just what's going on around me. And I really carried all of that for a very long time. And so I'm starting to, you know, release those things even from childhood, but I do all of this for, for her and then for other women who just need, you know, <laughs> their bras and underwear to, to feel good and to give them the support that we need when we're choosing to wear these garments because if we all wanted to free the nipple it is a societal norm and we don't need them 100 but i'm just not there yet so while we're still wearing <laughs> them i'm just gonna make better ones <laughs> so that's my, i love my that. Of that i love that i love that you spoke about their child work because my journey in therapy started five years ago around five years ago um and I started with inner child work. Yeah. That was like my first introduction to therapy. And it like is so, so transformative, so necessary, so healing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, for a while, I don't know why there was in my mind, thinking about inner child work, there was something weird, quote unquote, just because thinking about a younger child, I think, I think there, that was the disconnect. And it's really just earlier versions of yourself who went through something and didn't, you know, have the tools to stand up for themselves or know how to handle it or experience, you know, all these negative things that we carry with us. It's just a consequence of the human condition. It's not our fault. It's not anything we did. And so being able to face any of what we carry from younger years is kind of the hardest and scariest part but once you're able to do that it's really what I'm working on is being able to release that so you can so I can move in the future um much lighter and happier right. <laughs> you know it's the it's the the most difficult work is the work on oneself but it's the most yep. rewarding yes what was your first exposure to entrepreneurship oh, um I never thought I could be an entrepreneur and I never thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I thought that word was reserved for, you know, the Mark Zuckerbergs and Elon Musks of the world who were creating these technologies and apps and cars. And it was actually once I started working at HSN, um, specifically in the fashion e-commerce division in Intimates. But in tandem to that, I started just continuing education courses and 
there was an entrepreneurship course and really it explained what it means to be an entrepreneur is either you create something brand new or you take something that exists and you make it better. And when it was explained like that, I was like, oh, I make a lot of things better. Like that's kind of my forte is just taking things that exist and kind of refining them so they're more efficient or um, it just works for more people. It's less hardship of whatever it is and making I'm like a two birds one stone type of gal and so uh that once I realized what it actually meant to be an entrepreneur I kind of let up the impossibility barrier that I let myself believe and then truly with this brawl company and with this company um I had I had bought an extra large bathing suit top that barely covered my nipples back in 2017. And this was still before I had any idea I would start a company, especially a bra company. But at that moment, I just remember thinking, who is this being made for? My boobs aren't that big. I have friends with much larger breasts than me. And I, I was like, what do they wear even? And so I bought a sewing machine and I started teaching myself how to sew and it started with bathing suit, like bandeau tops that I could tie and make fit me as I needed it to. Um, and then that rolled into shirts with built-in bras or dresses with a built-in bra. And that was kind of daunting to have to build a bra into everything I was wearing or everything I was creating. And as I was working in the intimates category, it kind of you know dawned on me that Bras are meant to be that universal garment we wear under all of our clothing, but our options are a normal bra that's like, whatever, it does its job, but it doesn't really fit. A strapless bra that like gives us enough, you know, um, false hope. <laughs> like the first moment we put it on, and then as soon as we take a step, it starts shifting and we regret, we regret everything. And then sticky bras oh that for women with, like, I, I do have a, somewhat of a bust so for me sticky bras just weigh me down and then they slip off and it's disgusting and offensive truthfully whoever made sticky bras (laughs) (laughs) so honestly I just I actually have um I started thinking about why I hate strapless bras and kind of just reverse engineered you know why do I hate them because they fall down why do they fall down because without shoulder straps we lose support of our upper bust so if there was something that would anchor the upper bust that we could control and maybe adjust and secure I think that would work and then just reinforce it underneath so it looks like a bra but functions differently that could work so I chopped up my bras and sewed them together and this is my Franken bra that I created with two of my bras and it's just Disgusting. This is probably the only strapless bra I had ever purchased in my entire life that I wore. I mean, it's so gross. And honestly, when I made this, I wasn't going to tell anyone. This is embarrassing. And it was going to be my little secret. Nobody would have to know. But now I'm wearing a bra that stays in place, at least. And what's so funny is after I made this, um, every podcast, all my friends, everybody suddenly was talking about how much they hate their bras. And mind you, 27 years of my life, nobody's talking about how they hate their bras. I'm just thinking I'm the only person who doesn't understand how bra sizing works. I hate this experience more than anything. So I'm never going to go bra shopping and nobody's doing anything different with bras. So I really don't need to buy more of them. I don't need a lace or a purple bra. Like 
I just, I don't need that. And, um, but the next day, everyone was talking, this podcast posted about it. And so I actually posted in the podcast Facebook group and I asked, do you all hate your bras? Because I think I might've done something. And then 300 women commented and liked that post. And I was like, oh, okay. So like, now it's a responsibility to bring this to the world because so many of us need this. And it's, it's interesting, um, the quote that some people are born great and some have greatness thrust upon them. And there are times in this entrepreneurship journey that I feel like there's a lot of thrusting going on and I'm just trying to navigate forward because I, you know, I didn't go to business school. I am a woman with, I call myself an intuitive designer again, cause I make things that make more sense in my head, but I don't have the technical skill sets. I just, I know how to build a team and go forward, but there's so many challenges that come with starting a business. I'm sure you can relate. And, and those challenges that come from the tactical, um, you know, just business entity rules and regulations are so difficult uh, to know what you're supposed to do correctly. And I think if it was, I wouldn't have done any of this if it weren't for the women who confirmed that this was needed. And so every step along the way, whenever I tell anyone what I'm doing, it's the women who are like, oh, this is my issue with bras. And we all have a relationship with our boobs, whether we wanted them and didn't get them or didn't want them and got them. And however we feel about them is our own personal tr relationship and story. And it's, we all have that. And that's the most beautiful thing that I've found is that what everyone is insecure in some way about their bust. And I, I think I'm, as I have accepted, you know, my body and how our brawls physically makes you embrace your body exactly as it is it's like that idea of giving yourself compassion and loving yourself and at every moment and then giving yourself room to grow and change and adjust and um yeah I think that's a long-winded way to say I was not <laughs> planning on ever you know starting a company and it's because of the women who have met me at every moment that have kind of been the fuel to keep this going so well I do Very. think in business and in, in business ignorance is bliss like if you knew all yes. of the things that you were going to deal with and all the challenges and all the hardships and all the big wins too but if you actually knew all of the um the true challenges that you were going to go through you might not have signed up for it so uh, same I had no when I when I made this I was like Okay, cool. So I got a strapless bra that will stay in place. Now, how do I size this thing? Oh my gosh. Once I uncovered bra sizing, I was then furious because none of it makes sense. It's all so confusing. And even with my technical designer, when we started developing our sizing system, she was talking about underbust measurement being a 34. And I was saying, yes, our band will adjust 30 to 34. It took us like three hours for us to realize when bra companies say you're a 34 band, that's because they take your underbus measurement and add four to it. So really you are a 30 inch underbus. And I'm like, why, <laughs> why would we do that? It's 
so close to the actual number. We, us mere mortals all think that our band size is our underbus measurement, but there's so many disconnects like that with the brawl industry. And I mean, if you go back to when this brawl um, design and sizing was established, it was established in the 1930s, like before women could even open a bank account without a husband. So it's like, we need to sage those bras, get sage our drawer and update it <laughs> with something that like we actually can navigate and was made by a woman for like the 21st century, truly. It's it's horrifying when I really think about it. So just trying to go forward and, <laughs> and give women a better option. I love that. So from the moment that you made your Franken, your, what did you call it? Your Franken bra? Franken bra, yeah. From when you made your first makeshift bra to mm-hmm. then having a technical designer to sit down and really be specific about creating a line. What was the mm-hmm. path between those two moments? Oh, it was a long And the timeline. Time. And the timeline. Because yeah. I know that there's like, you know, an emotional part of us that goes from, am I actually going to do this? Like, is this, oh, there's more people that actually want this. And then there's also how long we think it's going to take versus how long it actually takes. Oh, yeah. It took way longer than I thought. Um, It was September of 2017 is when I had this idea. And then I knew, you know, by listening to enough Sarah Blakely and Shark Tank, I have to patent it. So I started the provisional patent process. And then once I had a a provisional patent, I felt safe to start manufacturing and prototyping. So I started prototyping in New York, um, January of 2018. So just a few months after, but the brawl is such a technical garment. It has like 30 different components when a pair of jeans has maybe 15. So you need special machines and and just the technical skill set that is required to creating a bra even with the standard design it takes about 14 months to create a new bra design with fabrics or like one component different um so i had no idea about that <laughs> going into it and um so once i started prototyping in new york to to once we finally found our uh, technical designer, it took about two years. It was 20, right before the world shut down in 2020, we had just raised enough funding to hire a consultant for manufacturing. And then through her contacts, we found our technical designer. But what was so beautiful kind of about that time was all of these big brands were pulling out of these manufacturing facilities. So we had just enough money. We had just raised it. The world shut down and we were like, hi, can you give us We're a available. Yes. And so I don't know that we would have been able to produce what we created if it weren't for these brands kind of pulling out. So it, in such a horrible, horrible time for everyone, for the entire world, it's, it's crazy to see a blessing like that disguised within all of, you know, the heartbreak and just the, the awakening, I think, in that time too. But um, so that it took probably three hours in, or three hours, three years in total from when I had the idea to 
sitting down with a technical designer and then starting to build the line. It was, and that was a long three years, a long, long three years for sure, because I had to leave my, my job at HSN. QVC had acquired HSN back in 2017. So May of 2018, they were sending out new um, contracts that said, if you're working on anything that could hinder our business, you have to disclose that. And luckily I had a trademark attorney at the time when I asked her what to do. And she said, you know, if you want this to be your path, you can't sign that. And so I had to leave way before I was early or ready to leave my job. And so um, it, it was just, I mean, the thrusting, <laughs> lots of thrusting, lots of thrusting so, and navigating the waters and I'm very thankful that my parents are as um, just so supportive because, you know, I don't come from a family with a trust or any sort of huge financial backing. It's, and it took a lot for them to, to believe in this. And I think they see my dedication over the years, which has only fueled their love and support of what I'm doing. So I'm very, very blessed because I wouldn't have been able to do this if I had to work and try and build this company and I I know that and I feel very lucky to have had the support from my parents that I have so it's it's tough especially with such a technical garment it took us forever to figure out where to manufacture how to find the right people with the right machines I went to New York Miami LA and then we even went to Columbia and, and so it was a lot of knocking down doors until one finally opened and I think that's what you have to do um, with business is just keep going until you figure out, you know, the yes and find the yes, because it's, it's really just the journey is just going until you find people who align with what you're doing and, and can help you. So it's a, it took a lot longer than I thought. That's for sure. And you're so right about the ignorance of, of business, because if I had known, no shot would I have signed up for this. But I'm so, I wouldn't want to do anything else, truly. So I'm really glad that I'm already in it to know that. That's so great. In that three-year period after you found your technical designer, was it at the end of the those three years that you actually had your physical product, you were able to take it to market? Or was that when you just started creating the actual line itself? That was when we really started creating the line, we had about 12 prototypes within that time period, but it, nothing was quite right. And I, we were trying to create a strapless bra that was wireless because a lot of, you know, I don't like wires, nobody really likes wires. Um, but because of the nature of the garment without a wire keeping it structured and secure, the, the garment kind of just like falls off your body. and we needed somebody to come in and kind of like take the 12 prototypes and say, okay, you got something with the back band. Now we need to fix the cup. And that was luckily my now chief product officer, Heather, who, who really <laughs> kind of pointed out what was obvious to anyone on the outside. But when you're living in it, you, you think you're doing something differently because there's all these iterations. And um, so that three years was when we really finally started reworking the cup and then establishing the sizing system because I knew with this adjustability one bra would be at least 
two bra sizes, but that's when we were able to uncover one Weversol bra is equivalent to three traditional bra sizes. We started developing a sizing system, a brand new sizing system. And then from that point, it was another year until we launched into the market. And we did just our strapless bra with a matching underwear. Um, and that was in April of 2021. And when we launched that, it was, does anybody like this? <laughs> anybody even want this? And and we did 10K in one day with no marketing spend. And it was amazing and, and just confirmed, you know, again, that this is wanted and needed. And, and then when we launched more colors in December of 2021, we had, I think it was the 40% repeat customer rate that showed, you know, okay, so people love the product. When we have more colors, they love that. And then once I launched my t-shirt bra, we had an 87% repeat customer rate. So I was like, okay, <laughs> this is great. I feel like we've been kind of in beta phase um, still because we haven't done a huge mar marketing push and we're fundraising for that. But yeah, it was, it was three, that three years was until we finally like started the true development of the bra. And then it took about a year to finalize the development once we had the right team in place. Aside from just the product itself, what are the other things that needed development? Because I don't know if folks really understand the full scope of what it takes mm. to create and then get a product to to market and the packaging systems, finding your team, like what was that process like assembling everyone? Yes, that assembling everyone was definitely the focus. So I did have a, a co-founder at the time who has now stepped back into a, just a shareholder position, but with her help, we were able to, to find and keep finding and interviewing and looking and, and talking to a lot of different people because the number one thing we needed was a technical designer and someone to help us make this product. And so that had been our main focus. And once we found that, that was really all we had and what we had um, prioritized with the financials that we had was getting this product now into form so we could launch it. And with once we had the the people for the product kind of taken care of yeah the other things were the packaging um truly when when we take a bra which <laughs> bra sizing 91 percent of women are confused on how to find their bra size so now i'm trying to recreate a sizing system talk people into like how they find their size in our system we're already confused by the first system. That was that is still a work in progress that um, we're getting better at. But it's I mean it's really hard to do a departure from all the world has known because bra sizing has been the same since it was established. So it's really a lot of the customer experience online and the website and yeah definitely the packaging, the shipping to the customer, how to when they open it, how do they know what to do what inserts do you put in there there's so many touch points to be considered when you are in a consumer product business from people discovering your brand to going to your website to adding to cart to then finally purchasing to having emails to I mean it's everything and luckily I had e-commerce background experience at HSN so I understood the elements 
of that because I, I think without that knowledge and expertise at HSN, I would have had even less of an idea of what I was doing with the, <laughs> the D2C business. So um, there's so many, it's really important just to think of every touch point. That's, that's probably the easiest way to tune out all the other noise um, for anyone who might be starting a consumer product business. Just think about the consumer touch point from start to finish in that journey. And then, then you can add on what you think is needed from there because you can get really overwhelmed by the details of it all because there are so many things to consider. Um, but we're still working on now finding a, the right team and, and the marketing and figuring out what to do next. It's, it's always a, an evolution, I think, at every stage. So Never ending. Never ending. <laughs> What I love the most about you as, you know, the founder of the brand is you are very active in the Tampa community with doing pop-ups, in-person activations. Um, what would your advice be to folks who maybe haven't really tapped into that type of local mm-hmm. activation market? And also, how do you get involved with your local community to make mm-hmm. those activations happen? That was something... I took me a little while to figure out so as a we have a patent we're tech enabled so we were able to get into um, some of the entrepreneur incubators and accelerators here in Tampa so the University of Tampa accelerator program Tampa Bay Wave and Embark Collective have all been stops on our journey and and through that connection to their networks I was able to you know uncover the markets that are every Sunday or the second Sunday. And, and those are really where our product shines is in those markets. And, and I think for what I would recommend for somebody looking to get involved is starting at the Hyde Park market. It's the first Sunday of every month. And then kind of just paying attention from there. You can also, there's also a water street market, but I, what's been the most successful and most validating thing that I have done is pop-ups and in-person activations and being able to have all of my bras there for women to try on because specifically for my product, women don't trust bras anymore. We're all over it. (laughs) We don't care. And I'm completely with that mindset. And that is what I created this brand out of. So my feelings of bras making me feel limited, me never knowing my bra size, all of those feelings that got me here are very present in every step of of me now being another bra company, but my intention fully being to not be another bra company. So when I think about what is needed, it is getting in front of customers and potential customers, even women who are like, nope, I hate bras, I don't care. When they have the touch point and I'm like, just give me feedback and they try it on, they buy it. And so it's like, it's invaluable to, to do as much research on markets around me, conventions near me as you can and to get involved because, and you also meet wonderful people like you and, and you can grow your community in other ways than just your customer base as, and to have someone like you and to have a support system and someone who's doing something similar is, is 
so rewarding, <laughs> even more so than the customer. I mean, I love finding customers, and but that's not my thought process there is just giving this bra to the women who need it and allowing people to find this product who it resonates with. That is the main goal of doing any of these activations. And, and then what comes from that is just beautiful relationships from there. And then, you know, advocates for the brand once when people can even with your beautiful stuff i love how you do these pop-ups as well because it lets me try things on and then i buy everything i try on (laughs) it's like that touch point with whatever product is so important and um it could change how somebody feels completely about even your category of whatever you're in so so what i'm hearing what i'm I love that. What I'm hearing just in general for folk, because there might be some folks who maybe aren't in Tampa who might not have those markets. So what I'm hearing is, you know, get involved and get creative with the type of, you know, interactions that you have with folks in your community. And for example, you're an intimates brand, but you would sell at a farmer's market or you would sell at, you know, you had your pop-up at a chiropractic office, like get creative Mm -hmm. with being in a place where you can speak to as many people as possible because your brand has been so effective with word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, an 87% yeah. return rate is insane. Yeah. Like unheard at, of. That's crazy. At, and at pop up, we have, we have a 98% purchase rate when people try on the bra at these pop-ups. So Yes, absolutely. Getting involved in creative ways because I, for a customer who's shopping for a bra, you know, she's probably making it work. We, we have sizes that for women who are curvier with small busts and women who are naturally thin with naturally large busts and everything in between. So the women who especially need sizes that don't really exist are finding us, but at the same time, it's it's meeting your customer where you think they're at. Like a chiropractic office is not, you know, a shopping mall, but right. women are going there. And so, yes, getting creative with where you can be that is convenient for the customer and for, for the audience that you're trying to reach because really convenience and just, just being there it's it breaks away from all the social media and we're all getting pummeled with ads from every type of brand and agency and anything online so actually finding places to meet people in person is i think the new way of not the new way but we're going back to <laughs> the old way of doing things is in person um activations but but um in places that are more convenient, maybe, and, and maybe unexpected too. So. I am so proud to have seen the brand be launched by Nordstrom. I would love for you to talk about the road to Nordstrom because I know I see a very small version into like the everyday grind because you and I walk and cross those paths on a daily basis, but to see that celebration of your product and just everyone on the internet going absolutely nuts and speaking so highly of the product. What was, that's the glorification of the actual moment. Can you talk about like 
the path to Nordstrom's, how it might have been difficult, like what hoops did you need to jump through to get there? Yeah. So luckily for me, my brother-in-law works works at Home Depot corporate. And so one of his colleagues shifted to Nordstrom corporate and he has been such a, an advocate for what I'm doing and my sister and my family. Again, I'm just so lucky for for my entire family and their support and their active help <laughs> with this. And so he actually reached out to his colleague because um, we were thinking, we were talking about how do we scale this thing and, and we need to sell units and how do we get out there? And um, Nordstrom is the Mecca. Like Nordstrom is, you know, five-year plan. Eventually we'll get at Nordstrom. And I was nervous when he said, you know, he looked on LinkedIn, one of his colleagues is there. Let me just send him a note. And I'm like, what if we're not ready? I don't know. Like, you know, the, the fear came in and George is my brother-in-law connected with his colleague at Nordstrom, gave him a call, gave him a rundown. And then his colleague sent an email to the Nordstrom buyers directly, which that was like sped up this process tenfold for sure. Um, and then as soon as he sent an email, I kind of tacked on a one sheeter of just, you know, we have a patented backband. It's three sizes in one bra, less real estate for you guys, more size inclusivity with, with less sizes in general, like all of the reasons why you should want this as a retailer in general. And, um, as soon as I sent that email within 40 minutes, they answered and scheduled a call and <laughs> I freaked out just at the call. I was freaking out. And then, um, what I did was I got all of their sizes. I sent them the bras and underwear in their sizes for them to touch and feel before our call. And then once we had the call, I would, you know, prepped with my notes ready and going to sell them on why they should have us. They already made the decision. They were like, yep we want you like we're going to go forward with this so we launched online to start um and I did ask if you know I could be in store and you have to perform well online for them to bring you then in store but just the fact that they were already so sure and they said you know we always want the new um the most innovative and the newest best thing on the market and so that was you know that's going to be on my tombstone one day and just getting that validation from Nordstrom was like that's the best <laughs> but that was back in June and I will say the onboarding process with such a small team was really difficult and took a long time um to, to complete because there's so many third-party things and and different things you need to set up and that I think the space between getting into Nordstrom's and then launching on Nordstrom's was a rocky road that kind of let the sparkle wear off a little bit. So then once I did officially launch and I, all of the support from everybody who had been following this journey for so long and even newer, you know, friends and advocates for the brand, it was just the most beautiful celebration, especially after a, a difficult year and that happened in January of this year. So it was the best way I think to start this year and the most beautiful reminder of what an amazing accomplishment this was because I, you can probably attest to these wins that happen. They're amazing, but 
how do you, what's the next thing? Like, how do you optimize whatever milestone and, and always thinking about the continuation and, and being able to being kind of forced <laughs> thanks to the support to stop and recognize how huge that is, was such a gift, I think. And it's because of the community that I have and have built because of the involvement within my community here. So yeah, that was, that was one. And now we're thinking, okay, Bloomingdale's next, who else, who else? And, um, but it, it really is pretty incredible to get into Nordstrom and it's all about really is all about who, you know, if you know somebody who can make that intro search on LinkedIn and find them, um, because it would not have been as quick. I don't think without that direct introduction for sure. But that was amazing when I got a response the same day. So one of the so cool. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I find that once those big moments, those big opportunities hit, that's actually when the real work starts. People think, oh, yes. oh you launched a Nordstrom, you made it. And you're like, uh, actually, this is that. This is where you're really going to see my hustle. This is where you're really going to see how we perform. Um, yep. Because that it really is just an opportunity to up-level and, and really deliver. Yep, absolutely. And that, I always, I think that's the mindset too of, that maybe stops me from celebrating the wins too is is this means more work and and that's a good thing and the opportunity um reveals more things to do and and trying to separate like okay let's celebrate but then let's also prepare and work forward because every major milestone depending on how far you want to take your business is kind of just a starting point again and um yeah, I, I really, I love that you mentioned that because it's true. And, and people will say, you made it, you did it. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Like <laughs> what's going on, but like, I don't feel at all. Like I've made it. I really appreciate that. You have no idea the challenges that are happening, but it, I like to be very forthcoming of this is not a highlight reel. This stuff is hard. Like but it's worth it. And there's nothing I would rather be working on or doing. And, you know, you can choose your type of hard, whether you're unhappy in your job, that's hard. Or if you're, you want to build something that's really hard too. So um, I, I completely agree though, that whenever these major moments happen, that's, it is more work, really. It's not, it's not just, okay, we're good. We did it. And then that's it. (laughs) Exactly. How do you maintain your stamina in continuing to dedicate yourself to your brand through all the highs and lows? The women that I talk to and even with pop-ups, we have two bra styles. We have a a shoulder strap style. You can style a hundred different ways. And then a strapless bra that was designed to stay in place, but they're two very different cup shapes. And so when I see women with a wider set bust and I realize I need to make that t-shirt bra in a wider set cup, it's, it's because I go out in the field with the brand and get to see it on women and see that there's still work to be done. I, we have 93 sizes with just 31 wherewithal size sets, which is 
the most size inclusive bra company to exist. But even with solving that huge sizing hurdle, there's nuances within breast shape and cup shape that's needed. And um, being able to see really (laughs) putting on a bra that doesn't work. And my whole thing is like, I am out here avenging for all of us and then I put on a bra on a woman and she needs a different cup shape I'm like I'm so sorry (laughs) I will fix this and so that is pain it's painful but um, (laughs) I think being able to just to see that there's more work to be done and kind of like the Nordstrom's thing it's like yes we launched we have two styles but that's not it there's still more to do and and improvements that can be made and when I get the feedback that I get on the product, because really this is just my own lived experience into form. I'm not trying to do anything fancy. I'm just trying to make undergarments that are efficient and make more sense and allow us to wear the things that we want to wear. When it's met with such resonance and people have feedback on the t-shirt bra, maybe having padded padding because it's completely unlined like these, these notes and what women want it's it's so different from one woman to the next but it allows me to keep that creativity and that um because I love designing I love to design the products and everything that goes into what we put out is intentional and meant to fill a void and I don't need to recreate something that exists that's a waste of my time so even our underwear I asked women like what our underwear company is still getting wrong. And they said the crotch is way too small. And I said, the crotch is way too small. And <laughs> we made the crotch an appropriate width. And so it's, it's talking to the community and asking what they need more of and being in a position where I can actually do something with that information is the most, it's the greatest honor of my life. And um, women choosing to buy this bra and then buying multiple and then buying multiple underwear and then sharing it with their friends. Ah, I get, I get teary. I just like thinking about that. So that is definitely what gives me stamina and, and truly has been the fuel, you know, since the beginning is the other women who needed this and how I can bring something that was such an issue for me and this solution that I made into a beautiful garment that we actually enjoy putting on because it doesn't feel like a burden or feel like, you know, a limiting piece that makes like, doesn't allow us to wear anything we want to wear or any of those awful feelings that come or came for me with bras and bra shopping. It's, it's really just meant to give us a fresh start, give us what we need. So we feel like we can go and do whatever we have to do. Well, I have to say your, your brand is one of the most well thought out brands that I've ever seen from material to, I mean, even if you guys can, women will appreciate this, but her nude underwear has black padding where the crotch is. And I was like, I've Mm -hmm. never seen this before. And this is so genius. This is so genius. And every little thing is so beautifully well thought out. You can absolutely tell that it is by women for women because every little detail is so meticulously executed. I just, I have to applaud you on it. Thank you. That means 
the world to me because sometimes I do wonder if I'm like <laughs> if I'm too like insensitive about the details but again my whole point of view is if I'm going to do this I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it what women need from top to bottom from everything I can think of and um when we put it all in there sometimes it's hard to like actually talk about all the design features because it's so many things that it's a little overwhelming I think and I remember when we launched our t-shirt bra I was like did we do too much like did I do too much maybe with this garment but I wouldn't take it back I don't I want to give every type of value add that I can't can put in a product that's what's worth it to me and thank you so much for saying that because yeah the black liner is meant to make your underwear last even longer and just like the back band should you know this bra should last you multiple seasons of your life and you probably will only buy more if you want a different color like that I want these products to last I don't want them to be cheap you know I won't say the brand, but just like cheap products that break in, in over six months that they're meant to last and it's meant to be a sustainable option. So thank you so much for saying that because oh, I've thought about every single piece of this brand for the past five years. So it shows, it shows. I can, I can absolutely tell you that it does. Um, what is next for Wherewithal? What are you excited about? Yes, so we officially got our patent in November of this past year. Um, so our patent covers bus supporting garments, which means swimwear and activewear and other categories. So I'm really excited to start developing, you know, these adjacent categories that are essentially the same thing. We just need a bathing suit style and then Every time I'm on my cycle bike, I'm like, I need a sports bra right now. Um, so that those will be a lot longer term plays. But I think right now with Nordstrom and with the success of Nordstrom's, we're really just focusing on B2B and what other stores that we can get into or partner with and how we can really focus this year on scaling and and getting this product on the women across the nation who need it because really until Nordstrom's we've been a pretty localized brand we've sold to about 40 different states but you know one-offs here and there and and now with Nordstrom we've really spread the reach but um it's I'm really excited to grow what we've done with word of mouth essentially um in a much bigger way this year and I think continuing the product development side is always my favorite but right now right now just focused on scaling and getting in front of more women and um Nordstrom has kind of set that tone for us and it's been a long journey but it feels um it feels really good this year feels really good so where can we find you and how can we support you? Yes. If you can find us on Instagram, it's at shop wherewithal. It's S H O P W H E R E W I T H A L. 
Um, and then it's also shopwherewithella.com if you want to look at our bras, shop our products. Um, you get 10% off for your first purchase. And um, yeah, I would love if, if you want to even just sign up for our email list, you'll be notified if we do any sales. But um, and you can also find us on Nordstrom.com, which is amazing. So this was so fun. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and for sharing your story. It is so inspirational and you are just a force. I'm so excited to see where the, where you and the brand both go in the future. Well, thank you for having me. And I just love you. I love you so much. So this is amazing. And, um, this is so fun. So fun. And we'll do it again. Okay. Awesome. I love it. Wow, guys that I love you too. Wow, guys, that interview was just amazing. A huge thank you to Danielle for coming on the show. Another big thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and producers at Island City Media. If you like this episode, you can listen to it again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review so we can continue bringing you the people and conversations that you love, just like Danielle. Lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can find me at MarinCostello.com and MarinCostello Radio on Instagram. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you next week with another amazing guest on Marin Costello Radio. Got to run to my play right now. Scared of death, but what's gonna happen in my future? Though I have everything right now But I can't get a hold of things to carry on mm-hmm. Not in my best headspace in the moment Hard to move along and be in this moment Blew the candle and I made a wish Nothing gon' hold me down, I ain't known a leash Why you shitty at it too, made it hard to leave You got me all involved, I cannot believe Down.
Myself. 